Everyone is welcome to enjoy this podcast. However, it is not for the weak. And I advise everyone to listen with open and light minds. Some viewers may find some facts discussed in these cases to be disturbing. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Sydney, and I am your hostess with the mostest at Crime and Wine Podcast. How are you all doing tonight? Because I am doing great on this fabulous, fabulous Friday evening. And as you can tell, I am super excited for tonight. So go ahead and grab your wine because I already have mine. And let's just dive right into this episode. This is a story of two sisters who seem to have a close relationship, but behind closed doors, there was an unspoken rivalry fueled by jealousy and anger that will ultimately lead to one of the sisters' demise. Join me as we discuss the case of Josie and Sandra, aka Sandy, Maryfield. Josie Lynn Maryfield was born on July 23, 1981 in Collinsville, Illinois. She had a sister named Sandra Merrifield, which I couldn't find her birthday, but she was just four years older than Josie. Their mother's name was Eileen Merrifield, and their father was named Joe. Now, just at 10 years old, Sandra was pretty much raising Josie. She took care of Josie as if she were her own child because Miss um, Ma'am Eileen was out there running the streets, okay? She was a little too busy to take care of her children, apparently. So, the oldest had to grow up way too soon, but I feel like that is very common, um, mostly in the african-american household but i have also seen it happen with other communities as well that the children are just made to grow way too fast and they take on way too many responsibilities and they miss out on their childhoods because they have to take care of home no child should ever have to experience that they need to experience having a childhood and just being a kid So it was reported that both sisters were victims of abuse by their father and were raised in very strict disciplinary conditions and their mother Eileen was the one to come in and comfort them and console the kids. However, that was not the case for the eldest daughter, Sandy. See, Eileen was the biological mother of all of the kids except for Sandy. Her father, Joe, had her with another woman, so Sandy was always treated very poorly. And even though she took on the role of the mother and was helping Eileen take care of the other kids as well as Josie, she was still pretty much treated like shit by the mother. And as I would say, she was treated like the bald-headed stepchild. (laughs) So moving forward to 1997, Sandra graduated from Collinsville High and she began her journey as a certified nursing assistant. So at this time, she pretty much started to begin her life. So as we know, she spent most of her life taking care of everyone else. So as soon as she had the chance, she moved on and started focusing on herself and what she wanted. And it did not take her long to find exactly what she needed in a man by the name of Everett. And the two hit it off pretty quickly and decided that they wanted to move forward with their relationship and move in together and try to create a family of their own. 
Unfortunately, they had a very difficult time conceiving and Sandra would suffer from having several miscarriages. Now this began to take a toll on Sandy and it really affected her mental health to the point to where everyone around her started to notice a huge change in her behavior. But honestly, it makes sense, you know, for her to be so strongly affected. Because think about it, she spent a good half of her life playing the mother role and taking care of children. So it only makes sense for her to want that for herself, to be able to take care of her own children and to be a real mother. And to me, it kind of feels like it was a punishment for her that she could not fulfill that desire. Now, at the time, Sandy's little sister, she just turned 16, Josie. And Miss Josie decided that she was grown and she decided that she wanted to wild out. So Miss Girl started to skip school on a day-to-day -day basis. And she just started running around and doing things that she was not supposed to be doing with her little fast tail friends. So to add insult to injury, eventually, Josie finds out that she is pregnant and upon her sharing the news with her sister Sandra takes this very hard and becomes seething with resentment but she doesn't show it just yet so in the summer of 1998 Josie's first son Jason was born and she raised this child in her parents home without the father now, it was reported that no one in the family knew who the father of the child was, but a member of the family spoke about the Maryfields having a lot of secrets. And there was huge speculation going around Joe because it was later found out that this POS, I'm, I'm trying not to curse on here, you guys, but this makes me so angry and I'm not going to say the word, but I'm sure you can use your context clues and figure out what I'm about to say. But this disgusting MF was S-A-ing his oldest daughter, Sandy. And it began at a very young age. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just going to go ahead and take a sip on that because we just going to move on. Because I can go on a whole rant about where I like to shove this wine glass, but we just going to take a sip and digress, okay? Mm, okay. Now, just being 17 years old, Josie is starting to feel the pressures of being a young mother, and she decides that she needs help. And the first person that she went to was, of course her oldest sister, Sandy, whom seemed very excited when she was first offered this role of pretty much the auntie nanny at first. But as time went on, the resentment began to snowball into something disastrous. So in the beginning, as the emotions start to build up and get too much for Sandy, she actually does the smart thing that I, I that I personally wasn't expecting. And she starts to fall back a little bit. And she started to go live her life focusing on herself and her man 
once again because she felt like it was it was just getting too much for her so she just decided to go party she was having the time of her life forgetting about all of the drama and continued to try and start her own family now in the meantime Josie is still struggling at home by herself once again all the while dealing with the craziness of her parents who are still controlling her life and also abusing her. Yes, Joe's funky ass couldn't apparently keep his hands to himself and would frequently slap and hit Josie even in public in front of others to see. Which honestly makes my blood boil because not only was he doing what he did to Sandra, but what is a grown ass drunk of a man doing putting his hands on a 16 17 year old girl like there is nothing anyone can say to me to justify any grown-ass person putting their hands on any child of any age especially when it comes to them trying to fight them like a random in the street or something even worse which we clearly already know something worse was going on behind closed doors and that shit is just sick to me and on that note I'm just going to go ahead and take another sip, okay? Mm. Excuse me. Mm. Now, this of course began to affect Josie to the point that she begins to feel jealous of her sister, Sandy. But she was jealous of her freedom and the fact that she was on her own and living her life with no kids holding her back and free from the abuse that is keeping her bonded. But just a few months in, Josie finds solace in the man of her dreams, Chester Marshall. And with feeling the happiness of finally having a real man around, someone who could possibly protect her, the couple instantly fell in love. Now, I don't know how old this Chester was at the time, but he stated that when they met, um, she came into the place that he was working to fill out an application for a job but she apparently only lasted two weeks on the job because she had a huge crush on him and could not keep her hands off of him allegedly while they were at work so he says that he would that he thought that she was cute but he didn't want to go there so that makes me speculate that he was possibly an inappropriately older than 17 year old Josie which makes me give him the side eye a little bit but from what others were saying he was just a sweet a sweet guy who couldn't hurt a fly but whatever so sandra off the bat didn't like chester and hopefully it's because of the reason that i just spoke about because he was much older than her apparently and was giving very much creep vibes to me but it also could have been the jealousy once again. I mean, who knew who knows why she really didn't like him specifically, but I think that those two situations kind of play a huge factor in that. Chester would later state that he would always notice the battle between Josie and her sister Sandy. They were always being combative with each other and competing and he would ask Josie about it and she would just brush it off by saying, oh, don't worry about it. She's just jealous of me because she can't have kids. 
And I think that is so trifling because how could you as a grown woman and a mother tear down another woman's womb, especially your sister's, knowing that this is something so hurtful for a woman to find out that she cannot bear children. So to say something like that is is just evil. Now, the thing is, Sandra could get pregnant. Her body just kept rejecting them and she just kept having these painful and heartbreaking miscarriages, one after the other. And some pregnancies would go as far as Sandy could feel the babies kicking in her stomach only to eventually lose them once again. So you can see how awful Sandy is feeling right now and why the hurt and resentment is so strong towards her sister, especially with her being heartless and rubbing her own child in her face. And guys, to make matters worse, Sandy finds out that her sister Josie and her man Everett were having an affair. This made me so mad when I read this because how trifling can you be? I just do not understand. Like, your sister's man, you couldn't find nobody else. Like, it's bad enough that you want to step out on your marriage, but with your sister's man? Mm, I'm appalled. <laughs> I could never. Oh, my gosh. And to add salt into the wound, Josie ends up being pregnant with num- baby number two. So, at this point, who is the baby's father? Because we playing baby daddy roulette once again. All I want to know is, who who's the pappy? Is it Chester or is it Everett? And I, I know Josie got to be shamed for having to even ask herself that question. But clearly she not. Because she did what she did to be in the predicament that she's in. But... Josie just calls her man and tells Chester that she is pregnant and they become very excited and they start to plan their life and get prepared for baby number two. So a few weeks later, Sandy and Everett drove to her family home in Collinsville to visit and Chester stated that he saw Sandra and Josie standing outside of the home having a very long conversation. And a few minutes later, Josie comes back inside to speak to Chester and to let him know that what her and her sister were talking about. So she pulls him to the side and tells him that Sandy just asked her if she could have their baby and if she could raise the baby as her own. And Josie actually seemed to be in agreement with this plan. However... Chester is looking at her crazy like, um, what are you talking about? This is our child. What you mean let her have our baby? But Josie was looking at it as like, she's a young mother who is only 18 at the time and she does not feel as though she has the means to take care of two kids, let alone the one that she already has. Even with Chester by her side, it still feels like a heavy burden on her. In which we later found out that 
that baby was in fact Chester's baby and not Everett's. So I guess in a sense, it's kind of good news, but at the same time, she doesn't get brownie points for not getting pregnant by her sister's man. So even though Sandy and Josie were both for this plan, since Josie was still living in her parents' home, she was still under the control of her father. And he pretty much told them, F that, that is not going to happen. And since Josie laid down to have that baby, then she needs to take care of it. End of story. Now, this apparently made Sandy blow the F up on everybody, okay? She was cursing everybody out, talking about how the parents know that Josie is not capable of taking care of kids and that she has been taking care of children her whole life and she is more than capable and since she wasn't able to have her own, she did not understand why she couldn't take care of her sister's baby. So, Sandra is at that point to where she's like, look, this is not an option anymore. She's going to give me that baby. (laughs) She felt like she was entitled to her sister's child because she had something that she didn't. So this argument continued for a while and was really affecting Sandra and Josie's relationship more than it already, already was. However, this feud did not last long because soon after... Sandy will announce that she was finally pregnant and expecting. Now, this apparently brought the sisters closer together because they were finally able to bond about motherhood and share their pregnancy journeys with each other. And Sandy really seemed to be happy. And she she was excited to finally become the mother that she always dreamed to be. But the burden of having to worry about whether or not she would be healthy enough to actually carry this baby was looming over her head and it made her very upset and anxious on a day-to-day basis and it made her resent her sister even more because she was mad that she had to worry about just having to keep her baby alive and having to worry about so much more during this pregnancy than Josie did. So in August 12th, 1999, Josie finally gives birth to her second child named Jasper. And she calls Chester at work to let him know that they had finally had their beautiful baby boy and he was waiting for him at the hospital. So Josie was discharged from the hospital the very next day. And Sandra came over as soon as she heard the news and she helped her sister pack up her bag and her nephew's things. And because Chester was at work at the time, Sandra offered to take Josie home. So later on during the day, Everett, Sandra's boyfriend, returns home from work. And as he walks in the door, he sees Jordan sitting on the couch watching TV. And if you guys can remember, Jordan is Josie's first son. So Everett is just thinking like, okay, he's just here to visit. Cool. So he proceeds to his bedroom where he finds Sandy holding a newborn baby so Everett is looking around like what the fuck what what is going on and so Sandy tells him that 
she was having stomach pains and she went to the doctor they induced her and that they had to hurry up and make her have this baby and Everett was like wait 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 why didn't you call me and how are you here shouldn't you be in the hospital and she's like no they said I was fine so they sent me home now you guys I have not had the pleasure of having the experience of giving birth just yet but I know for a fact that I will not be at home just a few hours later good as new like I didn't just pump a whole human out my cooch like it just not it doesn't seem believable to me and I hate that little old Everett poor Everett <laughs> well not poor Everett because he was sleeping with her sister but poor Everett and the fact that he was just gullible and slow because he just moved right along in the conversation and was like okay well why is Jordan here and Sandra's like oh Josie and Chester went to the store and I told them I would watch him until they got back so Everett's happy go lucky tail says okay well I'm gonna go to the store to go buy some diapers and everything for the baby and oh while I do that let me go drop Jordan off at his grandparents house so Everett and Jordan take off and he heads to Walmart and his grandparents house now while he's gone Chester arrives to the grandparents home and everybody just stops and stares at Chester and her sisters and her grandparents are like, um, Chester, what you doing here? Where is Josie? And Chester's like, uh, I don't know. She should be at the hospital. She just gave birth yesterday. And matter of fact, what are y'all doing here? Shouldn't y'all be at the hospital with Josie? So now everybody is confused and Chester begins to worry. And he begins to fear the worst. And almost immediately thinks that something bad may have happened to the mother of his children. Now, at this time, Joe and Eileen, they jump into their car and they start driving around to see if they can find Josie. And as they are out, they bump into Everett. And they start to panic and they're asking him, has he seen Josie? And he tell, they tell him that they just left from Everett and Sandra's home to see if anyone was there. And they were knocking and ringing the doorbell. And they waited a few minutes and nobody came to the door. But they were hearing footsteps inside the home. So confused himself, Everett tells Joe and Eileen that Sandra just had her baby and is at home with him right now. And he can see the shocked looks on their faces. And they tell him that they had no idea that she had given birth. And this makes Everett very upset because now he knows that something is not right. First, you didn't call me to let me know that you, you have given birth. And now you didn't even call your family? He's like, no, something is up. And so Everett and the grandparents come up with the conclusion that something is definitely going on, but they did not want to jump to the conclusions at first. So they part ways and each of them just go home. 
Now, upon arrival, Everett tells Sandra about the conversation that he just had with her parents. And he just kept asking her, Sandra, where is Josie? So, with a dark, blank stare in her eyes, Sandra looks at Everett. And after a few seconds, she blurted out, Josie is not coming back. Now, you guys, when I tell you my boy Everett wasted no time, he packed old girl up and the baby into the car and he drove Miss Thing straight to the police. <laughs> drove her straight to the police station he wasted no time he said this heifer is crazy and he wants no parts please lock her up and throw away the key <laughs> no i'm just playing he didn't say that but he did drop her off at the stoop of the station and was like uh here you go you better turn yourself in so when i tell you guys that this investigation was so quick it literally took no time for Sandra to confess her guilt and she explains to the officers what happened. Sandy stated that on the ride from the hospital, her and Josie started to argue about who the father of Jasper was and that she was convinced that Everett was the father since she knew that they were having an affair. But Josie didn't know that Sandra knew what was going on between the sheets in her home and so Sandra said that she just kept denying it and denying it until finally she blacked out and when she woke up there was a bloody rock in her hand and her sister was lying face down in the ravine with blood oozing from her head into the water so with this information, the detectives asked Sandra to take them to Josie's body. And on the ride there, they noted that she just kept shaking and crying and apologizing in the back seat. So Sandra led the police to the ravine that was just south of Collinsville. And that is where they found Josie's body. Exactly how Sandra said she left her lying face down in the water. During the investigation, Sandra lied to the police and tells them that, yes, she did have a baby that day, but she delivered it and it was stillborn. And she was just so upset and distraught and she didn't know what to do, so she threw it into the horseshoe lake. So the authorities believe her at first and they do a whole search in that lake. But it turns out that they decided that even if this was the case and she was distraught from losing so many children, this was no excuse for her to murder her sister and to try to steal her baby. So they concluded that this murder was definitely premeditated and thought out considering that Sandra was never even pregnant this last time in the first place. She made it all up. 
So, in 2001, Sandra was charged with first-degree murder, but she pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. The judge asked for a psychologist to consult with the defense, and Sandra was later, later diagnosed by the psychologist with postpartum psychosis and disassociative disorder, resulting from the child abuse that she suffered for a very long time at such a young age. Sandra was sentenced to 18 years in prison, but she only served seven years with credit for time served. And unfortunately, Josie's two sons were taken into the system and were eventually adopted by another family. This disastrous sibling rivalry that was fueled by jealousy and resentment caused two sisters to lose their lives. Josie was taken from this earth by someone she envied, but someone she also loved. And Sandra, on the other hand, although only serving seven years of her 18-year sentence, she still has to live with the haunting fact that she killed her own sister in a violent act of rage that she could never take back. you guys that was so heavy for me oh <laughs> I don't know about you but that was very sad and peace be upon Josie and I truly hope that her two sons Jason and Jasper are in a lovely home with people who love and care for them and that's all I have to say about that and that's all I have for you guys tonight and I just want to say thank you thank you thank you thank you for all of the love and the support and the engagement that I have gotten from all of you guys and I I honestly was not expecting to get half of the love that I have gotten so far and I'm just so happy and excited to have all of you along with me on this journey so early on and I hope that you guys continue to tune in and listen and follow me and just let me take you on this ride of drinking wine and talking about crime. It's litty like a titty over here. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. The wine is kicking in, so it's time for me to go. But I'm just letting you guys know that we are not stopping. We are on a roll, and it is only up from here. So with that being said, stay safe. And if you can't fight, you better take flight. So I don't have to cover your case next Friday night. Bye.